my youngest daughter lives with us with her three kids and Arthur's three, so I think he's going on four. Everything's his. I have cookies in my room. Arthur found out where they were and he got into my cookies. I said, you stole Papa's cookies. And he put his hands on his hips and he went, so? <laughs> And I, I was like, I'm going to get him out of here now. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> Welcome to the After Church Hour with Mike and Lori Phillips. In this podcast, we dive deeper into God's Word and unpack the revelations given to Pastor Mike and his teaching team. Now, expounding on the principle of the first, here's Mike and Lori. Well, this is uh, Pastor Mike Phillips. I'm and here Lori the, Phillips. Yes. I was about to announce Lori, <laughs> but she, she went ahead and she said, I don't need you to announce me. We've had a good time really just discussing this mm-hmm. all weekend. I tell a funny story before you started. It's mm-hmm. funny, but it's also something. We like that, funny stories. That, that, yeah, it's especially when I'm the butt end of the joke. So I have dealt with dyslexia, and I'm putting this out there right now for a reason. I've dealt with dyslexia since I was a kid. Of course, when I was a kid, they didn't call it dyslexia. They called it misbehaving and you got your behind, whatever. And so anyway, it's always something simple. So complex things don't particularly get muddled up, but it's it's A or B. So I'm going to tell you something that happened Sunday. This And you'll, you'll know the joke in just a minute. We're talking about the principle of the first or principle of first. And I always use the story of Cain and Abel because that's the first interaction between God and man mm-hmm. after the fall. And it had to do with, mm-hmm. I will say money, Of course, it was produce and cattle then, but it had to do with giving, really relationship, you know, honoring God. So we always get into that story. Why did God reject or or not regard Cain's offering, but he regarded Abel's? And so here's this binary. I know the story of Cain and Abel like the back of my hand. So I get up, I'm preaching, have a great time. I get a few compliments, but on the way home, I had some running around to do and I listened to it. And the first time I said Cain and Abel, I got it right. I was like, Cain's a farmer, Abel's a rancher. The other two times that I mentioned it, I got it wrong. And I'm like, there's a 50-50 chance of getting this right or wrong, okay? (laughs) So two out of three times, I said Cain was a rancher and Abel was a farmer. But I didn't know it when I was preaching. And it's because of this dyslexia thing. When I listened back and I heard it, I was paralyzed the first time. And it's the first time as a preacher I've ever prayed, I hope nobody was listening. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm getting to the joke here. It is like... So then I did it again, and I literally turned red in my own car. Because I thought, if somebody's new at the church right now, they're going to either think I'm stupid or I don't know the Bible. And I was really embarrassed. So I get home, I walk in the house, and the Lord goes, great sermon, but you got Cain and Abel mixed up twice. And I was like, I know it. And I was listening. Yeah. Oh, she was definitely listening, okay? And so if you heard that, those people are going to go back and listen now. But I got... So Marcus is laughing right now because I, I cannot, I didn't tell you this, or I cannot describe to you the goading I took in staff yesterday. Oh, you did? Oh. Marcus, he didn't tell me about that. No, I didn't. <laughs> they had a lot of fun. If you listen to the sermon, and you, or if you go back and listen to it, I know Cain was a rancher and Abel was a farmer. Just be patient with me if that ever happens again. I'm uh, Just very quickly, and this, we're going to move on. I actually called a doctor friend of ours yesterday to get a formal diagnosis. One, because I want to pray this thing away. And two, there are tools that you can use to work around these things these days. So I'm going to get proactive because mm-hmm. I don't want to I don't want to do that anymore. But anyway, Lori, you, I know you really dug into this story in Joshua. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to start here because I, I didn't, I never even mentioned 
the story of, of the story of the story of and that wasn't dyslexia right there. That was just plain old uh, Southern upbringing. The story of Jericho, mm-hmm. right? So in Joshua, you know, Joshua chapter six, seven, first part of eight, and it talks about the story of Jericho. Mm-hmm. And I know you really dug in there. I, I think we'll let you start out because we're we're trying to we're, we want to get here to the principle of the first all through the Bible. I just got butterflies. You let me start out first. Well, I've already talked enough. I can already hear all your friends going, shut up and let Lori talk. <laughs> okay. Right. I did dig into it and uh, studied it. Okay. Man, Michael, where you want me to start? When well. With marching around the wall? No. Or, or, the, or the place where somebody stole something? Just before that. So you remember God said, go in. Yes. And he said, bring all, every, he said, everything that you get from Jericho. They brought all the treasure where? To the Lord. Back in the treasury of the Lord. And there was a reason for that, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason was Jericho, it was the gateway to Canaan. Yeah. It was the first city, right? So... What the Lord was saying was, you you bring all the first, so yeah. all the treasure, all the you know, all the royal clothes and things like this. Everything, everything from Jericho, even the cows and all that. All of it goes into my treasury. But the point here was, this is the first city. Yeah. And so, all of the first. So this is what the Bible calls the first of the first fruits. So it all comes back into my treasury. And then you'll have victory in every other city. But something happened, Lori. Okay, what happened was uh, one of David's servants, who, who was Achan. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, Achan means trouble. Yeah, that's what it means. When you told me that, it gave me goosebumps. Yeah. Because this, that, this, he represents something in this story. And when Achan went in there, he, he saw robes and, and even the gold. He said, oh, I've seen this stuff and I wanted to keep them. Mm-hmm. Knowing the stipulations that David gave him, this belongs to the Lord. No. Joshua. Joshua, I mean, I'm Joshua. sorry, there it goes me. See, Laura had to get a piece of the action. She wants to get in on the action there. Sorry she, about that. No, she knows Joshua, the they had a direction from Joshua. Yeah. This goes to the Lord. This is what the Lord said. Direction through Joshua from God. Yes. So God said, all of this is mine. Same thing. That's interesting if you think about it. So the Bible said, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, everyone that dwells in it. That's pretty clear. It's all God's, mm-hmm. right? But when it comes, there's a principle of the first when it comes to um, substance. And now when I talk about substance, I'm talking about money, things. That God says of this thing, the first part of it is mine. It goes into my temple. The modern version of that's the church. And of course, if we don't, if, if you're not familiar with this, uh, it's called the tithe. It is 10%, it, but it has to be the first 10%. Because the first portion of everything, but here we're talking about money in particular, has the redemptive power. Redeeming, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. We talked about something Sunday that a lot of people hadn't thought about, right? Mm-hmm. So you remember how we talked about uh, in our in Exodus uh, how it was explained to us. It, it, it was it was a farming story. Said so if you have a, a donkey uh, at that time, donkeys were considered unclean because you you weren't you weren't supposed to eat a donkey, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel strongly that that scripture is still true today. We should not be eating donkeys. Oh, it's very true. Because <clears throat> that happened in Joshua, really, <clears throat> if you look at it, oh, yeah. it had to happen. Because for Achan, not obeying, okay, mm-hmm. you have to, that's part of God's worship is giving that temperature. That's how we worship the Lord. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it is worship. worship. 
Okay, but Achan didn't worship the Lord that way. No, he disobeyed the Lord. He and it's disobedience. Okay, God took offense to that. That he but took it personally. I want to ask the question here: Why does God say is this like random, or why does God say the first portion belongs to me? Because He wants to see you bless, and mm. it belongs to Him anyway. So He's He said it belongs to me because there's a principle. Yes. Let's get past some of the analogies. And let's get down to the principle. So, I mean, is the Bible about farming and agriculture and ranching, or was he using relatable things? He's reusing and relatable. to teach the principle. Okay. Yes. So, so I want to go down a path. Yes. We'll go down it together. To say that we're giving this analogy in Exodus, it says if you, if the firstborn of every lamb, mm-hmm. which was a clean animal, they that's what they ate. You shall sacrifice mm-hmm. the firstborn, and this is the first, the firstborn of an unclean, a donkey, which is an unclean animal. So it's it's clean versus unclean. Mm-hmm. You shall redeem with the firstborn by sacrificing the firstborn of unclean, or you shall break its neck, mm-hmm. which means you're going to lose it, mm-hmm. right? So if you don't redeem the unclean by sacrificing the clean, mm-hmm. you're going to lose it anyway. Yep. Right? That's true. But the question is why? I mean, did God have something against donkeys? No. Uh, no. And here's the question we ask. After the curse, we're all born into sin. The Bible's very clear about that. Mm-hmm. So are people, we as people, are we born clean or unclean? Unclean. We are born unclean. And we gave the little story. I told the story about Arthur. I said, you know, do you have to teach your children to be bad? No. <laughs> Marcus? You'll find out soon. <laughs> you do not have to teach your children. Now, I'd forgotten some of this until I started having grandkids. Mm-hmm. And particularly, now my youngest daughter lives with us with her three kids. And Arthur's three, I think he's going on four. Yeah. So everything's his. I think he's four and he's going on five. Everything belongs to Arthur. Yeah. Right? And so I have uh, cookies in my room, not for me, Marcus. They're for the kids. But, but you know, Do- yeah. uh, uh, Arthur thinks they're his. <laughs> oh, he does. Yeah. Oh, he's so Arthur found out where they were, and he got into my cookies, and I got on to him, and instead of him being apologetic, he put his hands on his hip, and I said, "You stole Papa's cookies," and he put his hands on his hips, and he went so. <laughs> and I, I was like, "I'm gonna get him out of here now. I'm gonna kill him." <laughs> But here's this little, you know, so funny. He's looking up at me. I'm six foot one or, or two, and he's whatever, you know, three feet tall. But it is, we're born into this nature, mm-hmm. this sin nature, unclean. Now, I want you to ask yourself this question because everything in the Bible, remember, the Old Testament is about Jesus and mm-hmm. the New Testament is about Jesus. Mm-hmm. My pastor that passed away used to say that the Old Testament is Christ concealed and the New Testament is Christ revealed. Yes. It's all about Jesus, yes. right? So what in the world could an analogy about a donkey, an unclean animal, and, and and a lamb and a clean animal, and some people already are catching on because I said lamb, have to do with Christ? Because the, we were born unclean. So I want to ask this question, was Jesus born unclean or clean? Very clean. What story in the Bible do we know where a spotless lamb, a clean, had to be sacrificed so the unclean could be redeemed? All, so now when you go back and you read the Old Testament, you're going to see the story of redemption. Whatever you see, re- sacrifice and redeem, sacrifice and redeem, it's about Jesus. Yep, it's all throughout the Bible. Uh, and the Old Testament, the yeah. Christ 
uh, concealed, and it was all about that. Forward, Moses is dead. Mm -hmm. Joshua is to take the children of Israel into Canaan land. Mm -hmm. Now, you think about this. This is still our story, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, Jesus is coming back one day, right? And we're going to go into his eternal kingdom. So this is all telling the story of Christ and and what we're living today. And the first city, the gateway into Canaan, God said, it is mine, Mm -hmm. right? Bring it all, okay? And Joshua, who feared the Lord, did that. But some got a hold to Achan. Mm -hmm. You remember, Lori, when God said, you call this man before you, I almost felt sorry for Achan. You remember how Achan responded when, when, when Joshua called him in there? Yeah, Joshua said, "Now don't now now tell me the truth now. Yeah, tell me the truth." And so Achan did. He said, "I have sinned. I know it. I took these things because they were beautiful and right. And, and I thought they were, uh, and I wanted them because they was lovely. And right then, I'm thinking, I let him off the hook, right? Yeah. But that's not what God did. Uh oh, uh oh. I thought Achan was only going to be punished, only him. Well, that's what we would do. Yeah. But God, remember, God's making a point. Remember the principle. If you don't redeem the unclean with the clean, you what? You lose it. Yeah, and guess what? God showed it to me. He said, when you disobey me, not only do you affect yourself, but you affect others around you. It, it spills over. Because what happened? It wasn't just Achan that got put to death. No. His wife. His servant. It, it seems very everything. harsh. His, his Kids, cows, his, all his animals. All of his possessions were torn his down. His house. Everything was burned. Yes. And piled up, and then they put a pile of rocks on them. Matter of fact, they stoned him to death before they burned them. Nothing left. So the principle here is this. When we follow God's plan, because we're going to get back we're gonna get back to Joshua and Jericho, because that's not the end of the story. When we follow God's plan, we're blessed. When we don't follow God's plan, I, I'm just going to use the word the Bible Curse. uses. We're cursed. Now, here's the deal. When we steward our money according to God's plan, it's blessed. When we don't steward it according to God's plan, it's cursed. And I just want to ask anybody who's listening right now, had you rather have something blessed in your bank account or something cursed? I would I would like it blessed. And we already got enough problems with our checking account as is. I don't need nothing cursed. I would, I would love it blessed. <laughs> we, want some, we want it blessed. And God wants it blessed. And remember... If we don't follow God's plan, we're going to lose it anyway. Why? Because that's why we're promised when we, when we tithe that he'll rebuke the devourer. Remember what God said in Malachi 3? He said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Oh, and guess what he did? The Lord says, I will deliver Jericho into your hands. I already delivered it. The Lord said he already delivered it into their hands. Well, he so, did that. so he did. But the next city they went into, Ai, they suffered defeat. Yeah. If you remember. Because there was <clears throat> sin in the camp, and David didn't know it. Well, listen, one of Joshua's confidants said, you know what? I wouldn't send a whole lot of people in if this is going to be an easy win. So they sent 3,000 people in, and very quickly they began losing. I think it was 36 men lost their lives, and they cut tail and ran. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it wasn't just, that, yeah, they lost 36 men, but they lost, well, they lost the respect. They were seen as these conquerors. Now they were seen as people running. And so that's when Joshua began to go, what happened? You know what that showed me? You can tie God's hands by not giving back his tent. You know why, You're Lord? tying them. Because it's not God cursing us. No. It's him being unable to. If you're in a state of not being able to be blessed, then you're, then you're fodder for Satan's cannon. So here's what happened. 
Joshua found out what happened. They repented. They did what they needed to do with Achan to make things right. Then they went back. Now, they went on in there with an army this time. They went back into Ai. Listen, this is the Old Testament, and this is just the way it was. They killed 12,000 of them. They took it in every city from then on because the first was consecrated. You know what the word consecrated means? Holy. Yeah. That means set apart mm-hmm. for the Lord's work. God doesn't need money. But what he does, he has, he has designed it here to where we use our, re- he gives us resources. We take the first part of those resources. We set those aside for God's eternal work. And that's the way he designed it. I'm giving away one of my sermons. So I'm just going to say this and leave it alone. Because every time we're faced with, am I going to put God first or Nordstrom's? Am I going to put God first or Bass Pro Shop? Am I going to put God first or some video game on the internet? or Whatever you like with me, am I going to put God first or Babe's chicken, fried chicken? Mm-hmm. No matter what it is, it's a test. Yes. It's a test. And, and don't number 10 mean the test? Yeah, but don't preach my last sermon. I'm trying my best not to preach my last sermon right now. But yes, in the Bible, 10 represents a test. And we'll talk about that two Sundays from now in the last sermon. But getting back to the principle of the first, I want you to think about this. There are some things that God cannot do. Now, this is interesting because we always say God can do anything. Well, um, God can't be wrong, right? God. It, this is funny. And I first heard Robert Morris say this. God can't think the way we think. In other words, with us, we, things occur. You ever had something where you just went, oh, oh my God, I just thought of that. Yes. I, I love this joke. God, nothing ever occurred to God. He went, oh, myself, I just thought of that. It's, uh, you like corny jokes, so you Marcus. So God, it's, it's called om, omniscience. Omni means all. Science means knowledge. So all knowledge. God cannot think the way we think. Here's another one. God is preeminent. Mm-hmm. Preeminent means above all. God is above all. God is first. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you know how a lot of times we'll say, you know, we really need to put God first in our walk. And, and we should. But if we don't, we have not changed his order in the universe. He's first, Lori. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is he above is. all. All things are beneath him. Mm-hmm. And so God is first. And so when we don't recognize him as first in our life, now here's what people just need to grasp as Christians. He can't be second. No. Only one thing can be first. Mm -hmm. That's why when Jesus was talking about the spirit of mammon, he said you're either going to love one and hate the other Mm -hmm. or love one and despise the other. And he was talking about God or wealth. Yes. God or wealth. Do you remember when Jesus gave that analogy and he called money unrighteous mammon yes you think about it i always think well money is benign it's neither good nor bad it's what you do and it's true but until we redeem it Mm -hmm. by sacrificing the first it's unrighteous that's good and it's unblessable yeah but when we do redeem it and here's how jesus said to redeem it uh in this story it was a story of the unrighteous steward y'all remember that and he said this this unrighteous steward took what well, he took what really wasn't his, and he made friends with it, yeah. so that when things got tough, he would have he would he would have people to rely on. And it said the rich man admired not what he did, but that he was shrewd. Yeah. And then right after that, Jesus stops telling a story, and he said, "For or because of that, the sons of the world are shrewder, are wiser than the sons of light in their generation." Mm-hmm. So the point was, we are not wise. No. 
with our money the way the world is. So the world's wise with their money to, to get what they want. Mm-hmm. We're wise with our money to please God for what he wants. Yes. And it's not that he needs anything, it's that he wants our heart. So when we, rede- when we take the first of our unrighteous mammon, and we put it in the church. We put it in the house of the Lord. And that's not, you know, you, it's very specific. It goes into the house of the Lord for his work. Then we redeem the other 90. So it's not only unrighteous and it's blessed. Yes. So I want to shift gears here a little bit because I promised myself and I promised the Lord that I would never talk about money again if I don't talk about money management. Yes. And stewardship, right? So I'm going to tell a story. So y'all know I'm coming from a place of humility. So, and remember, dollars, uh, numbers mean things and they don't mean something. I'm, there's going to be some numbers here so you understand the, the brevity of this. Lori and I live middle-income lifestyles. We're not wealthy people, but we are very blessed. But I was in business for many years before I was in ministry, and we did well. And uh, back then, Lori received, I think I gave you, this was back in the 90s, I think I gave you $10,000 a month or whatever, which these days don't sound like a whole lot of money. But at the time, that was a pretty good amount of money to manage your household. Mm -hmm. And I was opening a new business and I was going to go to the, I went to the bank to borrow $100,000. Oh, yeah. Remember this? Mm -hmm. Okay. I remember it. So I went to the bank to borrow $100,000 for something I was going to do in some business. (laughs) And the banker pulled out all our bank accounts and said, well, you just want to use, let's just, you know, you got $100,000 in this account. You just want to put it in CD and use that as collateral. And I went, I don't have $100,000 in the bank account. <laughs> he said, it's right here. Yeah, you do. And, I, and literally, I don't know if you've ever heard stories of the bank putting somebody else's money in somebody's account. I mean, I've seen that happen, right? And people get all excited because they think they got some money. But I knew better. And I said, okay, I don't, that's not, I did, that's not my money. That should have gave you peace of mind. Yeah, but it did. <laughs> so I said, that's not my money. And if you keep on insisting that it is, I'm going to go on and I ain't going to borrow the hundred for you. I'm going to spend it. But I tell you right now, I didn't put that money in the bank. He goes, well, Mike, I show all the deposits. So I went home and I told Lori the story. And she got, she turned white as a sheep. And she goes, well, I've been saving money and I didn't tell you. And I said, how did you save $100,000? Uh, being frugal. You remember that? Yeah, and yeah, and we paid tithes you didn't even know about. Yeah, I wasn't serving the Lord. But I was. Lori was tithing. I got so mad at her, man. Lori was always sneaking around getting us blessed, and I was too stupid to appreciate it. This, this Trust this was before I was serving God. I was but I, I was serving God, and God yeah. had an umbrella over us because of it. Even you blessed you in, in your businesses. I know. And so I went back to the bank and withdrew the money, foolishly. Put it in the business, and I probably lost it, probably had to close the business. But the point was, I never knew. I always thought I was smart in business. I never knew that we were blessed because I really wasn't that smart. I didn't. I wasn't a good money manager. Uh, we were blessed because Lori was sneaking around. Time. No, I wasn't sneaking. No, you don't, when you don't you, tell somebody, you, that's sneaking. No, it's not sneaking because <laughs> you gave it to me to run the household. And I, I ran did. it very I well. Did. And I ran it very well. And and you should have been comforted by that. Yeah, but that's how, that's how stupid people are without Jesus. Yeah. Instead, I was mad because we had $100,000 I didn't know about. That's how dumb. Marcus, why are you agreeing? No. <laughs> <laughs> And I and I was and I've been a good wife, a very good responsible steward with well, the Lord. Let me say this, y'all. It is I can tell you story after story about how blessed we are because Lori's always served the Lord. But that's just one example 
right there. But I say that, I told that story to make a point. I In business, I was always a good earner, but I just never, I was lazy about managing my money. I'm not going to sit here and, and I'm just going to tell you the truth. And to this day, that's not, I'm not, I, I can be very good at it, but that is not my strength. But preaching keeps me on my toes. <laughs> so I knew this sermon series was coming up. So we went back and read in our budget again. And, and, and I said, you know, we got to save money. We got to be saving money. And the Lord convicted me. So I talked about savings here, mm-hmm. right? And I, and, and I said, the, the, and I asked who gets paid first. Mm-hmm. It was a trick question. And I, I told Lori, don't yell it out now. Because, <laughs> and I asked people, don't respond because people's initial knee jerk reaction is who gets paid first? God does. You don't pay God. Mm-mm. There's only two things you can do with the redemptive portion, it's already been designated as holy. Mm-hmm. There's only two things you can do with something that belongs to someone else. You can either bring it or return it to them, or you can steal it. Now, that's strong language, mm-hmm. but it's not my words. Uh, in Malachi 3, 10, the, the Lord starts out, he asks a question, will a man rob God? And that's God asking, will a man rob God? Or, or will somebody be his? And the people said what? Well, how do you mean? How have we robbed you? And he said, in tithes and offerings. Now, there's something I wanted to point out, and I'm going to stop and do it right now. Lori, if you'll turn over there in your notes to page and jump in anytime you want to. I can already hear the women going, shut up, let Lori talk. <laughs> Marcus, I'm tired of you laughing at <laughs> it's funny I just want to cover everybody I will jump in as soon as the Lord gives me okay, something jump, and guess what I told Michael this it's a waltz it's like dancing the yeah. waltz and then one person has to be the leader while the other person follows if one person tries each of them tries to lead it's going to be ugly now men you see what kind of wife you need if you wait on the Lord. And I right? want this to be beautiful and fun and just fun. flowing. So, yeah. So, I let Mike lead well, and I do the following and that's the way the Lord wants it. That's the way I thank see you, it. Sugar. There's so much I didn't get to Sunday. It's crazy. And I'm realizing I probably won't get to all of it here. Because God's so deep, he's that, he's that way. Glory. Yeah, I mean, you can't, like, every time you go back to the Word, you get something new. I know, like, angels of God get something new all the time. If the angels in heaven are going, wow, did I never knew that about God. You know? And we're like that, too. We're like, wow, thank so, you, Lord. In my second point, the first fruits must be offered. And, and I had two points, that the, the firstborn must be sacrificed, must be redeemed or sacrificed. And then the first fruits must be offered. It ended with the story of Cain and Abel, a rancher and a, a rancher and a, a farmer. So that's why we ended with the, the original story of the first. So in this one, I start out in Proverbs. It says, "Honor your Lord with all your wealth." And the first, in this particular analogy of your produce. Now I want you to understand something. And I did not point this out Sunday. Proverbs was not part of the law. So the, the Bible's broken up into the law. The Old Testament's broken up into the law and the prophets. And then we have the Proverbs and the Psalms, which are kind of another, another thing. So the Proverbs, many of which are written by David, but some by Solomon and different, some we don't know who wrote them. Uh, it says here that the first, you honor the Lord with the first of all your produce, and it's so your barns will be full and so on and so forth. So that's after the law. Right? We all agree. That's 400 years after the law. Then my next analogy was in Exodus 23, 19, which continues on in our in our uh, Exodus uh, teaching. It says, you shall bring the choice first fruits 
of your soul in the house of the Lord. That's the law. Mm-hmm. So this is part of the law that was established under uh, Moses. It's called the Mosaic Law because some people thought that was a beautiful stained glass. No, it's Moses, the Mosaic Law. But then we ended in Genesis mm-hmm. with the story that says, and I just want to read this. Y'all okay with this? I'll just read it. Yeah, go ahead. Um, and a lot of people are really puzzled about this. So why, why would God, both both people brought something. Mm-hmm. Why would God reject or, or disregard mm-hmm. one and receive or honor and re- accept the other? Well, it's very clear if you listen to it. Mm-hmm. So it came about, Genesis 4, 3 through 5, and these are very important words. So it came about in the course of time. Underline that, y'all. Underline that in your Bible. That Cain brought an offering to the Lord, right? And it specifically does not say of the first fruits. No, it does not. So when Cain got around to it mm-hmm. on his time, mm-hmm. he brought God a little something, something. Mm-hmm. So he gave what he wanted to, when he wanted to. That's what the Lord meant by, uh, I mean, in uh, Proverbs, that's what it meant by saying, honor the Lord. Mm-hmm. Cain did not honor. That is, that. this is an example of no honor. Lord, when I get around to it, yeah. I'll bring you a little something, something. That is no honor. And guess what? That is not worship. I know people that don't do not give at all unless they attend. I want I don't don't get nervous. I ain't gonna say nobody's name. I know people that don't give at all unless they attend, and then when then when they do, they just leave a little tip. Mm. Well, can, can I tell you something? I mean, I personally appreciate it. Mm-hmm. God doesn't. I, I know that's harsh. God doesn't take sloppy seconds. That's right. And I'm not, I'll tell you, I appreciate it. I really do. Right now, Marcus is like, shut up, man. Uh, <laughs> no, I do. But God doesn't regard it. Let me prove it to you right here, okay? So it, when you do that, you're giving money to the church, mm-hmm. but you're not bringing your first to God. Your heart is not with him. Your heart's not right there. Yeah. It's almost like I'm going to pay for this sermon, right? Mm-hmm. Remember, you don't pay God. So let's go back to Genesis 4, 3 through 5. And y'all, right now, if somebody like was like, hey, you're talking about me. Dude, I love you. Just receive this as revelation. So Cain brought whatever he wanted to and he got around to it. But in verse 4, Abel, on his part, also brought the what? Firstlings are the first of, of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering. But for Cain and for his offering, he had no regard. And then it goes on to say Cain became very angry. Cain was already angry. We know what his See, heart was. There like. we go. No regard, no honor. And and, and so here's and you're like, well, man, I don't, you know, here's what I'm getting around to. Here's what I'm getting around to. I'm not under the law. I can hear somebody saying it right now. I'm not under the law. I'm under grace, so I'm a grace giver. Well, there are principles in the law that still apply under grace. No, I'll give you an example. Under the law said, you shall not kill. Under grace, Jesus said, if you have hatred in your heart, you've already committed murder against somebody. Uh Uh-oh. Under the law, if a man cheated on his wife, he was guilty of of adultery. Mm -hmm. And he would be stoned. Yeah. Under grace, Jesus said, if you've had lust in your heart, you've committed adultery. Uh Uh-oh. It's like under grace, you already did it. You don't even have to do it. You did it. it. You take the principle of the law. And you apply it to grace, and what it becomes is a higher standard, not a lower bar. Oh, hello. Higher standard. Grace does, is a higher does standard. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know why? Because the Holy God dwells in you. 
We yeah. we have something they didn't have then. They had to have the law because they didn't have the Holy Spirit dwelling. Yeah, okay, the law was the physical aspect. <clears throat> Grace is your thoughts, by the yeah. way, because so, you know if you even think it, he said think. And we're not talking. I'm not talking about if you think a bad thought, you do something else, you're not saved anymore. No, God's just saying, hey, and here's condemnation versus. Uh, check ourselves. We got the opportunity of checking ourselves. Condemnation says you are what you did. Um, conviction says you are not. That's right. What you did. That's right. So uh, here's my point. If right now you're saying, I'm not under the law, this don't apply to me. Proverbs was after the law. Exodus pa- uh, passage was was the law. Mm-hmm. Genesis was way before the law. Whoa. I'll give you another one. When Abraham went in and and captured the city, got his nephew back a lot, he tithed, he gave a tenth of all that they took to a man named Melchizedek. I think I'm going to probably start winding it up here. Okay. Who the Bible said in, in the New Testament, mm-hmm. the Bible said had no father, mm-hmm. no mother. Mm-hmm. They could, so You remember how important genealogy was and is to Hebrews or Jews? He was just a peer. So now why in the world would Moses, I'm sorry, Abraham, there it went. Why would Abraham just automatically give a tent to this prince of peace? That's what that, that's what his name meant. Mm-hmm. Um, just out of nowhere, who they could not figure out his lineage. They don't know where he started. They don't know, know when he passed away. Let me tell you what I think. And I wish I had this passage out. I, I would love to read this passage in the New Testament that basically proves that when we put our when we bring our tithes, when we bring them to the church, um, we'll talk about bringing a minute because we give online. It's still the same because we've already given it, consecrated it in our heart. Um, when we do that. God actually, Jesus receives that in heaven. It is actually received hey, in heaven. say that. And watch That's this. true. When the disciples put some little, five loaves and two fish in, in Jesus' hands, he didn't go, oh, okay, well, we've only got five loaves and two fish, you know, so, so we need to keep it. No, he broke it and gave them smaller pieces back. And every time they went to distribute that, 5,000 plus people were fed mm-hmm. and there was enough left over for all the, those who helped. Mm-hmm. just 12 uh, doggy bags left afterwards. But yep. So here, here's the point. In the Old Testament, we have an example of the father of our faith taking the first of this of all the spoils from this city that they conquered to get his nephew Lot back, given to this man named Melchizedek, which means the king of Salem or the king of peace. Mm-hmm. And we can't figure out where he came from. We can't figure out where he went. So it, at the minimum... He is a type and a shadow of Christ, mm-hmm. or an example of the story of Jesus. And some of us, including me, believe it was an appearance of the Son. Mm-hmm. I actually believe there are times in the Old Testament where someone, see, the angels wouldn't let you worship them. Mm-mm, no. Right? If you try to worship an angel, they'd say, don't do that. Yep, they sure But there's would. a few appearances in the Old Testament where people were allowed to worship or give to or treat a person like God. Mm-hmm. And I believe in those cases, couple of uh, at least this one that this is actually appearance of the sun. Uh, God checked Moses' heart. Moses' heart was right, mm-hmm. and He provided Abraham. Uh, here I go again. Man, see, I rubbed off. I'm sorry, Lori. I rubbed off. Thank for you, you for catching me. <laughs> Abraham, 
And Abraham's heart was right in his relationship with the Lord. Okay. And the Lord provided what he yeah. needed to give, so, not give, but to give back what was already God's. God was providing it for Abraham and, and for this my, relationship. Here's my question to you and mm-hmm. everybody listening. There was no structured religion. There was no law. There was no Judaism. How did Abraham know to do this? It was a relationship. Relationship. When you look at the story of Cain and Abel, it's all about relationship. There was no structure at all. So if, if somebody wants to say, I don't want to hear all of these rules or whatever, I'm under grace. Dude, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Because you know what If we are really grace givers, the tithe will be where we start, not where we end. Mm-hmm. I had a guy come up to me one time after I teached on tithe and he put his hands on his hip and got in my face a little bit. And he said, I don't want to hear all this law business. I'm a grace giver. And I said, well, you should far exceed 10% because I'm a grace giver too. You know, Jesus made it simple. He says, give what's God's to yeah. God and give to Caesar what is Caesar. He made it so simple. He, and you know what else he said about giving? Give mm-hmm. and it shall be given back into you in a certain way. Press down, down. shaking together, running over. Running over. Right. And, that's a, and Jesus summed it up to simplicity. It's simplicity, and here's here's the, I'm going to say something, y'all, and please hear my heart. If you want to hear my heart, you come this Sunday. I'm going to preach a sermon called Money and Emotions, okay? But I'm going to say something that sounds it sounds harsh. But you you come this Sunday, and you you listen to the last thing I say this Sunday, and you'll know what I go through. I have strong emotions when it comes to this subject, but it may not be the way people think. But I'm going to say something that I want us all to think about, and I've lived it. Everywhere you are in your giving journey, when I wasn't serving the Lord, what would I say, Lord? I'm not giving no money, my money to no preacher. Yeah, Remember you, that? You, you said that a lot, and I used to pray for you. <laughs> I and heard I mean you it. say that. I hated preachers. I heard you say it to a pastor oh, one time. So that hurt like, my heart. <laughs> you're like, I hate preachers. I get it. I yeah. used to hate them, too. Yeah. I love them now. Then when I got saved, it, it literally, it was like paying a bill to me, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. So sometimes I'd go week after week after week, and I'd say, I'm going to catch up on it, you know, and my pastor would always He'd he'd go, well, are you Lori okay? Do you have groceries? And it took me years to figure out that he was trying to teach me, you know, Mike, it's got to be the first, not sloppy seconds. And and all the way to where I'm now, it's it's my joy. It's my joy to to return to the Lord what is his. But I'm going to say something, and it's strong medicine. It's it's kind of a hard hard thing to end on, but I really want want you to think, and it is this. As Christians, we're going to automatically say God's first in my life. But I would say, if you want a litmus test for that, show me your bank account, and I'll show you what's first. And that applies to us all. Because if we don't put God first in the unrighteous man, we won't put him first in anything. But if we put God first, he's already first. Mm -hmm. If we put him first with our money, Mm -hmm. listen to y'all, I've lived it. Everything else will come into order. It sure will. Lori and I have a great marriage because we honor God with our first. Mm-hmm. We're, we have a great family because we honor God with our first. Mm-hmm. Everything will come into line. I'm not saying you won't have problems, but I'm saying you'll still be blessed through your problems. You, you, you did it both ways. One one way, you didn't have any peace at all, and the other way, you have I, tremendous peace. No matter what trouble comes your way now, we have peace. Yeah, peace. And, and I'm glad you said that because I'm going to end this sermon with a story that's on just that. Okay. I'm not going to give it away right now. Lord, and I talked about it this morning. It is a very compelling story that I don't think I've ever told from the pulpit. Uh, And I'll tell it this Sunday at the end of our message. 
money and emotions. So we're we're coming to our end here. I really love the way Lori prays out. So I want her to pray us out and bless us all, Lori. Bless us today. When we're done, I'll uh, I'll end with our blessing out of numbers. Would you pray over us today, Lori? Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this time in your word, the revelation that people will receive and know you better, and that uh, they get this um, revelation of relationship with you and your work and worshiping you this is what it's all about is you 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 because you do everything for us you gave us a gift called jesus christ who keeps on giving and i can see that each and every day in our lives and i want them to see that too a gift that keeps on giving and, and the well never runs dry and i want to i want them to see their spiritual home that you have for them in such a way like spiritual growth giving believe it or not giving is towards your spiritual growth and i thank you for that jesus in jesus name amen praise god well we had fun today we hope you did too the lord bless you and keep you the lord cause his face to shine on you and be gracious to you the lord lift up his face to you and give you peace have a great week god bless Thanks for listening to the After Church Hour with Mike and Lori Phillips. If you'd like Mike and Lori to answer your questions, you can send them to Pastor Mike at PathwayLiving.com. That's Pastor Mike at PathwayLiving.com. If you'd like to stay up to date with our podcast, please subscribe or download the Pathway app on any iOS or Android device. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you after church next week.